I just couldn't handle your duck hunt, okay? I haven't played duck hunt in so long. I know, but no matter how rusty your duck hunt is, the moment you break it out against me again, you're just going to mess me up. I just can't handle it. Thank you for joining us on another steaming hot edition of Cup of Joes. I'm your host, Joe Brown, joined by my best friend, Joe Perry. And Joe, this is episode 66 of Cup of Joes, and it just might be the best one yet. Because, hold on, let me reach over. I have in my hands the special edition of Metroid Dread that, you know, we have patiently been awaiting for a very, very long couple of months. And Sora just got announced in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and you know that's like my favorite protagonist of all time. So I am having a fantastic week. Joe, my friend, how are you? I'm tired. My my week's kind of been like an iced cup of coffee. Ooh. An ice an ice cup of Joe's, as as one would say. As one would say. That's our new uh that's our that's cup of Joe's after dark, maybe. <laughs> so basically whenever we, when we record this podcast, it's yeah. always iced coffee. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so, oh, sorry, Gojo. Oh, it's been good. We've had the Sora announcement, and then you have the you've had <clears throat> Metroid Dread come out. I've received my copy of Far Cry Six. Um, things are it's a it's a week for video games, and the next week we have Back for Blood officially comes out. October is going to keep coming up, coming out with stuff. Yep. So, and then, we're here for it. And then Guardians of the Galaxy at the end of the month. Can't wait. Um, Can't wait! So, we on Slate today for you here on the podcast. We have a couple of topics. One, we're going to talk about Sora, obviously, um, because what type of what type of Kingdom Hearts fanboy would I be if I didn't discuss the most important DLC character of all time in Smash? We also, of all time. We're also going to quickly go through some of the Tokyo Game Show uh, announcements that happened um, I guess over a week ago now at this point, some of them Final Fantasy related. Just a couple of quick topics that were fun videos Joe and I watched together. Uh, not live though because it was in Japan, so it was probably like 5 a.m. for us or something when those presentations were going on. Joe is going to talk about this really cool, uh, scary game that I am definitely not going to play, but he is <laughs> super interested in playing uh, and then am I forgetting anything else, Joe? Do we have anything else, or is that what we got? Um, I think that's I think pretty that's... much everything. We were going to bash on Nintendo All-Star Brawl, but I don't think we're going to do that. Because no. we're going to give them a little bit of respect. Right. They they have Reptar, for God's sake. Show some respect. They have, Dude, Reptar's great, but they have Powdered Toast Man, and that's all we're going to be here to talk about. It's him, him being in this game. Yes, I just like imagine six-year-olds now trying to look up powdered toast man he's in like one, I, he's like one episode from like the night no he's in i think he's in a few but he's like he's, <laughs> he's, like a, he's a very obscure choice for the for the game nonetheless he is also very problematic from what i remember in the show <laughs> um i believe he does point to his butt a lot from what I can remember. I mean, with that, um, with that butt, wouldn't you too? 
Well, that's where all of the powdered toast comes from is his butt. <laughs> like, I believe he, like, farts on stuff, and that's how the powdered toast, like, that's, like, oh his thing. God, so stupid. Oh, and they all, I believe also whenever he's, tri- like, flying somewhere and he tells people to hold on, they always hold on to his butt. The biggest travesty, though, of that game, no Rocco. No Rocco's Modern Life. That's oh a, my that's God. a travesty. If we're it gonna is actually, a tra- if we're gonna actually like serve the '90s audience that like play Smash, and you want them to play your your Smash clone, like you gotta have Rocco in there. What are you doing, Nickelodeon? For real, you got like, Cat Dog. I love Cat Dog, but like you need Rocco. Was, Cat Dog's appearance was great. I'm excited. And Nigel Thor- Thornberry being the biggest meme character of all time, like. He's not even the main character in his own TV show. But he gets he, he, was, he was the best character in that show. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Just like like Timmy Turner's dad, you know? <laughs> this is where I'd put all my trophies. If I had any! <laughs> Did you know Dinkelberg is apparently, like, he's, so obviously the joke is he thinks he's mean, but he's actually really nice. But, like, Dinkelberg, there was an episode where he, he's, like, he's such a nice person that he does those mean things or shows off or flaunts or whatever so Timmy Turner's dad can have things to be mad about so he has stuff to do. Like, that's how nice of a guy Dinkelberg is, is he's not even flaunting anything. He only does it to help Timmy Turner's dad out to make him hit. Oh, my because, God. Oh, well, he hates me, so I might as well give him things to hate me for so he has stuff to do. Like, what a good guy. Dinkelberg. Stand up. What a stand-up gentleman. Okay, let's uh let's let's continue. Let's get rid of Nick All Stars because that's not the game we're talking about right now. Instead, it is Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, and they finally revealed their final DLC character after all of these years. And I feel like the second pack of DLC definitely got lost in the shuffle compared to the first pack. It was definitely like felt like it was spread out a lot more and not as, where did the, as big of a deal. Where did the first pack end? Was it? Uh, it was Byleth. Was the Byleth was the first pack? Okay. Yeah. So it was yeah it was six it was six each in each uh in each season pass or whatever. Um. So it turns out after Sora was revealed, uh, Sakurai had a presentation showing off his move set and everything, and he looks just amazing. He can literally Joe. He can up so he can up B like recover and then act out of up B. So, like, you know, like, if Mario up B's, he just, like, falls down until falls, he recovers. Yeah. Like, Sora can act out of up B. Like, that's how... <laughs> so, Wait, so, so he can up B and then he can jump? Or he can just do a, a move? Like, he can jump or side B or something like that. What? Yeah, it's, it, it's crazy. Like, Sora looks really, like, his kit looks really overloaded. And I am here for it. Because I'm not going to apologize to any six-year-olds I beat online abusing Sora. Um, so the trailer, how it starts, I wake up at nine, I wake up at 9.58 a.m., set my alarm because the trailer's for 10 a.m. So, you know, I shake off the grogginess, turn on YouTube, turn on the stream, and I'm just saying, it was like, listen, I'm content. I said, I've been on the record. They gave me Banjo-Kazooie, so whoever is in DLC, sure, I'll be salty about some people like Minecraft Steve and... And when and whatever, but like I'm not gonna get mad because they already gave me Banjo Kazooie. So I went into this with absolutely no expectations. And so it starts ten o'clock. Maybe by like 
10.01, Sora breaks through the keyhole. I kid you not, Joe. I literally screamed so loud that my brother heard me downstairs and like ran up to see what happened. Like that is how excited I was for Sora when he was revealed. And like, I feel bad about it now. Cause I don't know, maybe my neighbors heard me or something like that. If that's how loud I was. But at the time I was just through so much bliss that I didn't even care how, <laughs> how, how excited I was. That was the most excited since Banjo. Any of these DLC uh, reveal trailers, uh, trailers have gotten for me. But the question is like, what did you yell? I, 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 I don't even remember. <laughs> it's, it's such a blur to me. Like that moment, like I was like, I, I'm pretty sure I said no effing way a couple times, but mainly it was probably just, Oh my God. But yeah, I can't remember exactly what I said. Cause, uh, it was just, it was just too much going on. So much happening for the Brown man. Yeah. Scaring his own brother. Yeah. So, um, then in the presentation, there's a lot of really good stuff he talks about. He shows off all the costumes, and he has obviously different costumes like Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, 3, Dream Drop Distance, you know, different stuff. And then he shows off the Timeless River costume, which is the black and white, like the monochrome, like uh, Steamboat Willie uh, world. Yeah. That is, and that's, that's definitely the one I'm going to use. Uh, but, like, yeah, his moveset is really awesome. Like, it, he feels... It's like how we said with Banjo when Banjo came out. Like, he feels like he's a character that just belongs in Smash. Like, when you look at his gameplay. Like, like Sora, the way he plays. Maybe you don't feel the same way with Min Min or, or, Steve, or Minecraft Steve or, like, Sephiroth or, or Hero or something like that. But, like, Sora just feels like he belongs and he has always belonged. And it's, it's still a shock that it's actually real to me. Yeah. Definitely. Like, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't surprised when they announced it. I was at work and I like pulled up my phone and Twitter was like blowing up. And I was like, sorry, is it smash? Oh, my God. And I was like, finally. OK. <laughs> and I closed my phone and I got back to work because I had a few minutes to spare. But like, I'm not like too surprised about about Sora being in there. I'm happy for you. Um for it being in there. I also received a text from Joe Brown that was very uh aggressive? jarring. <laughs> very aggressive for no reason. <laughs> Listen, you just wouldn't understand, okay? Me and Sora have been through a lot together to get to this moment. Oh, I'm aware. I've I've been through a lot with a lot of other video game characters, but uh it's very aggressive. It was like I hurt you personally and I didn't <laughs> I didn't understand what I did. I don't know, but the oh my god the memes that came out of this too have just been have been just phenomenal like all the all the Kingdom Hearts memes like people saying like just showing off the keychain that had Mickey's ring probably cost hundreds of thousands of dollars like because they had to pay Disney you know mm-hmm. for that and they don't use any Disney music at all it's only original kingdom Hearts stuff because soccer is like i ain't messing i ain't messing with no mickey mouse <laughs> oh man oh, side note do you know do you want to know a, a thing i found out about kingdom hearts sure um so when final fantasy the final fantasy team was like working on it and like incorporating all the disney stuff into it and like working with disney 
they were like, yeah, we're going to give the character like a, a big sword and we're going to give Mickey Mouse a sword as well. And Disney was like, what? They're like, yeah, it's like it's a fighting game. They're going to have swords like in our other games. And Disney was like, no, figure something else out. <laughs> that's, why, that's why they use Keyblades, because they weren't allowed to use swords. Because uh... Disney, Disney was like, our beloved mouse will not be seen doing anything violent with a weapon as such as a sword. Right. I guess it makes sense logically from from the out of that, Joe Brown. Don't don't be doing that. You've got stuff to do after you record. <laughs> I know. Well, you know how messed up my sleep cycle is right now, especially throughout October. It's a it's a rough month for me. Um, but yeah, that that's actually pretty interesting. That that's why they use the keyblades. It's a a pretty cool workaround that they found because he he can murder people with a key, just not a blade. Yeah. Um, but another, like, I don't know why for me, but it, it also makes the game more interesting, if you want to say that. Like, it's like, yeah. oh, he's not using a sword, he's using a keyblade. And it's like a thing that unlocks, like, people's, like, hearts and souls. And right. and then so you're like, ooh, what is a keyblade? And then you see, oh, keyblades are, like, tied to their masters and they can open these things. And like, yeah, that's that stuff that they wouldn't have been able to achieve if they were just using a sword. Yeah, definitely. Uh, also, a fun note when I don't know if it's in the trailer. I don't remember if it's in the trailer or in the presentation when Sora is fighting. At one point, he's going up against Duck Hunt, and so everybody sees that as a a reference to them not having Donald and Goofy in the game. So that's why mm-hmm. he's like hanging out with Duck Hunt because it's essentially the dog is Goofy and the duck is is Donald. That was like a pretty yeah a pretty funny Easter egg. That's pretty funny. Like it, it's exciting. Most of the most of the internet is happy. I don't understand why people are upset about it. Um, yeah, some people like in the Smash community. I follow a lot of people, and like they're upset that it's another anime sword boy, which is an argument that they've had for like ten years now. Is they don't like a lot of uh, anime sword characters, and I like. I will admit, you know, when we when we run through the DLC, there is a lot of quote unquote anime style characters in the dlc they're not all holding swords but they're they the dlc definitely did probably try to appease or appeal to one market more than than others right like obviously japan nintendo's japanese company smash is created by a japanese development team like so that's like if this was an american game there's no shot that dragon uh, dragon quest hero from Dragon Quest would be in the game. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it's just, but in Japan, Dragon Quest is gigantic. It's like as big as things over here. So, um, it makes sense for them to do that. And but I, like, yeah, I think people were also just, in, there are some insufferable kingdom hearts fans that have wanted Sora for the last six years that people are probably like, were like rooting against it out of spite. You know, how you know how the internet works? Like, yeah, you, know, you want to be happy. Well, I don't want you to be happy. <laughs> yeah. While Luigi yeah, it's, bites himself. Bites himself. <laughs> yeah. I'm still waiting. I know it's not happening because they announced this is the last thing that they're doing. But, like, it'd be great if Waluigi just makes... They're like, psych! Here's Waluigi! I wouldn't, I wouldn't even mind if he was, like, an Echo fighter of, like, Luigi or even, like, Mario and yeah. stuff like that. 
No, yeah, I think like, I think that's what I think that's what a lot of people have said. It's the easiest solution is just make him a yeah. Luigi Echo Fighter. It would be great, like, but it's whatever. But what you gonna do? You know what I mean. So the other interesting note to talk about here is Sakurai revealed that if you remember, Joe, there was a poll that went out when Smash Four came out on the internet where you could vote. For a character to be DLC. And at the time, Bayonetta won in Europe, according to their poll. This is the most popular vote. And I don't remember if it was Sora in North America, but I feel like there are a lot of Goku votes in North America too. Because people really got on that Goku hype train. I think it was Sora, but I could be wrong. Um, so Sakurai actually came out in the presentation and said that they lied about the poll results for Smash 4, not just because of Sora, but because of a lot of the characters that were listed high on that list. If the companies, um, I'm trying to remember exactly how I said it. It was something like if the companies found out that the character was so, uh, so like, wanted by the community they probably would have made it more difficult for negotiations for the character you know what i mean like they'd have an additional leverage point against them uh so it'd make it more difficult to actually give the people what they wanted so they they lied they fibbed told a little little white lie about who the most popular characters were and it turned and bayonetta was already apparently in like the source code of smash 4 like while they were making the game, so like they already they already decided she was going to be a DLC character. Yeah, um, so that's why it was easy for them to say that she was requested and stuff. Uh, so it turns out that Sora was actually the number one requested character in the poll, and it you know it makes sense. He's I think Sora has definitely in his twenty year run as a care as a character, like he's definitely gotten up there with some of the elites and like video gaming you know history maybe like he's not mario or sonic i'm not saying that but like like maybe that second tier iconic you you could probably say he's a little he's like maybe on par with sonic now because of how much sonic has kind of like dropped the ball right but like still in in recognizability like my mom knows who sonic is i don't know who she knows who sora is you know what i mean yeah but that's more of like sonic but he's still he's uh, still culturally significant, even if his games aren't as good. But he he's still culturally significant because of the time he came out. Like your mother knows about Sonic because he came out very early or early on, and like she was like I guess more attentive to more pop culture things at that time, <clears throat> where she might not be as attentive now. Right, but she doesn't you know, know what I mean? she doesn't know who Cloud is. Yeah, but a lot of people don't know who Cloud is. Like, but Cloud is from like, one of the most successful video games of all time. Yeah, you're right. Um, but I feel like Cloud is more of like a... He's, from he's of course, from the Final Fantasy series. But in all honesty, I feel like a lot of gamers... A good amount of gamers have played it. A lot of gamers have played it. But I feel like it's more of like... If you were from Japan... And your and if you lived if your family was from Japan, your mother would know who Cloud is. Your mother would know who Sephiroth is because right. of how big of a how big of a cultural significance is over there. Whereas like Mario and Sonic are a huge significance over here, as well as Pokemon and stuff like that, because those were like very like large, like coming like up and coming things that happened in America for kids around the time. Like your mother knows who po- a lot of the Pokemon stuff because of you. Mm-hmm. 
because you like Pokemon and she had to kind of like figure out what it was when you were a kid so she could get you what you wanted. Right. True. 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 Yeah. Um, but no, like, like I said, if, if your family was from Japan, I'm sure your mother would know who cloud is as well. Um, but anyway, I just went off on a tangent. I'm sorry. Um, Sora is a very significant people. Like a lot of people nowadays, like, especially like people like us who are getting older, who are older gamers know who Sora is and in, is excited about Sora, where I'm sure a lot of younger gamers could care less about it. But also, like, people our age are also mad about it because they were like, oh, I wanted Crash Bandicoot or I wanted whatever. You used to be you used to be an advocate for Crash or Smash. That was your big thing. I, Why, like, you know, I, I still am, but I just realized, you know, I got to I, I had to stop hitching my wagon or whatever that phrase is to Crash. It just wasn't going to happen. I don't know. If, I don't know if Nintendo doesn't like free money. Maybe that's their thing. They just don't understand the value of a dollar what Crash Bandicoot would provide to their game more than uh, more than Min Min from <laughs> from Arms, but no one plays that game, right? No so, one plays that game. All right, so let's get into this thing because this is what I want to talk about with you about the DLC fighters and a lot of the frustrations that I had specifically, and let's see if we line up that the some of the DLC characters it doesn't it. It doesn't feel, one, like they belong in Smash, and two, like it is a deserved position. Like, when you go back to Cloud, when you go back to Smash 4, Cloud, um, not Cloud, yes, he was DLC, but like Mewtwo and Roy were DLC because they were in, they were in, you know, previous games, and like that was a big deal to get them back. People are going to buy those. Then you have Cloud and Bayonetta. Cloud, one of the, one of the most popular characters from one of the most critically acclaimed video games of all time, Bayonetta a game with an iconic design character that people, if they don't even play the game, most gaming, most gamers know who Bayonetta is with a big company and platinum games. And those games were on the, were on the Wii at that point. So it made sense. It felt like, okay, I get it. These are big deal characters. So let's run through and say like, and it's not fair to compare it to Mario or Donkey Kong. Does this character to be deserve to be, in Smash at the same level as Mario or whatever. But if we look through the DLC, let's start. Piranha Plant. We can't... You and I love Piranha Plant. He's super fun. He's super meme But he's free. So we're not going to hold anything against Piranha Plant. I was going to say, right? we can't we can't knock him because he was a free DLC character. Right. Even even Nintendo <laughs> understood it wouldn't be fair to charge 7 bucks for Piranha Plant. So the first like yeah. real, quote-unquote, real DLC character is Joker from Persona 5. And I, I've played Persona 5... Uh, you know, I like I like Joker. His gameplay is fun. He was actually he was like pretty busted when he first came out. Uh, but like this, you can like kind of make an argument for Joker because Persona is huge in Japan, so that's where we'll see a lot of connections mm-hmm. with that. The, many of the arguments are going to start with that with that sentence, Joe. Yeah, I was also gonna say at the time he they kind of also timed it really well because at the time he was released. Persona Five had only been out for like a year, right. maybe. And like they it had just Royal. Also. Yeah, yeah, it had just recently. Like people were into it. It's what you saw a lot. So like Joker being in Smash also brought like more hype towards Persona Five. Right, and it's and it's somewhat kind of like solidified the Persona brand as this gigantic brand that should be respected within gaming. 
So, up yeah. next was Hero from Dragon Quest. So let me say it again. Dragon Quest, a very popular series in Japan, not so much in the Western world. Uh, but it's not even, you didn't get one hero. Like with Joker, you didn't get every Persona protagonist. You got Joker. You got four different protagonists from the Dragon Quest series, and his name was Hero, and he's nameless and, you know, essentially, you know, like lacking of character because he doesn't talk and stuff. And this was where I first got frustrated with the DLC all these years ago. Because this Joker, you could try to make an argument, was for everybody. Hero was very clearly just for the Japanese audience for DLC. Yeah. Like, blatantly just for the just for them. Right. Because I, I didn't even, like, I think I have him, but I played him with him once, and I was like, eh, garbage. I just threw him, <laughs> threw him to the side. Well, he has, like, like the RNG is... move that, like, he just, like, one-hit KOs people, too. So his gameplay is also, like, very crazy and stuff so it's not doesn't appeal to a lot of people so then up next was banjo and kazooie which you could argue is the inverse which obviously we were super excited for but the thing is people have been asking for banjo and kazooie to be in the game since melee so it's different than hero because i don't recall these gigantic campaigns for hero especially not knowing which hero from which dragon quest game people were you know Dude, but there was huge campaigns to get Banjo in Smash for 20 years, and it finally happened. But you can definitely make the argument that that was done more for the Western audience than it was for, you know, for everybody as a whole. Like, you could say that they're like, okay, hero, coming to Smash. All right, we hit we hit our, audi- our, like, our hometown audience. Now we're going to give the away team their, their win with Banjo-Kazooie, which was amazing when they announced it i was like yep great i'm all, I'm all for it right then up next um was terry yeah. terry from uh snk and king of fighters and a bunch of fighting games so this is where i started to lose my mind joe terry i don't i don't, I don't care who who wants to flame me for it I, i've seen so many discussions online about oh terry's actually really significant to the history blah 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 in no way is terry deserving of being in this in the same stratosphere as most of the characters in Smash. The reason he uh, the reason I'll give Sakurai a break is SNK and game and the games that Terry were was involved in were the fighting games that inspired Sakurai to create Smash. So this is somewhat in an homage, like a personal pick for him as Terry is kind of for lack of a better word, it's kind of like the Ryu of those of that series, or the Mario of that series. So that's why he gets in. So I'll let it slide a little bit, but this is it's it's starting. We're starting to see a pattern here. Yeah, and then we have you say the name because I can't say that. Byleth from Fire Emblem Three Houses, and this is now two two Smash games in a row that have a DLC Fire Emblem character from a game that just released because Corrin was uh, just released in um, Conquest and Fate, in Fates, and then it's in Smash 4, and then Byleth comes out like a couple of months after Three Houses came out. And this was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We are, uh, finally, everybody came together that you're kind of ruining the sanctity of the Smash character by having Byleth in, who has no cultural significance because the game had just come out. 
they are now the eighth Fire Emblem character, so it's not like you're representing a brand new franchise the way that Joker is representing Persona. And this was done clearly as marketing so people would go play Fire Emblem Three Houses. So why do I have to pay $7 for to go pay $60 to play Fire Emblem? You get, you get what I'm saying? Like, that doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Would you say it would have been a better marketing move if they said, if you have saved... If you have saved data on your Switch from that new game that you get these characters for free, would that have been like a cool marketing thing or uh, no? Pro- I don't I don't know because we can't go back in time. I think people mm-hmm. would, would probably think it was pretty degenerate because then they're saying – I think people would probably on the internet because everyone's crazy would say like, oh, that means that they're $60, not $7. You know what I mean? And I know well, like, that, and I know it's not true. I'm saying some people would probably make the ar- that argument that way. Well, I guess I guess the thing is like, and you could still buy them for seven dollars. Sure, but like if you already owned the game Fire Emblem, you would just get them for free. So people, do you think people would still be like that? I think they'd be upset because it was another Fire Emblem character, and it's been like well, a, it's been a decade now that no matter what. They could have paid you five bucks to play Byleth, and people would still have been upset that a new Fire Emblem character got in. Okay, fair. So that's, well, the, that's the end of DLC the... Pack 1. Which yeah. Now we go on to 2. Starts Now remember, we got a global pandemic going on, so the, you know things happen, and the, the releases were very spread out for the second, the second Fighter Pack. Starts off with Min Min from ARMS, where ARMS is a game that... I played for maybe 45 minutes. <laughs> Man, it was probably like three hours or something, but it's just not a fun game. It's just, it's maybe there's something there. It's a cool idea, but it's just not a game. Min Min, I always, people always did say if there was a character from arms to get into smash, Min Min would probably be the most likely. Cause she's, she was probably the most popular character and the most like broadly appealing design as well of a character in arms. Um, so her character like kind of BS too with the range, <laughs> the range she has on her arms. Uh, but this is yet so back to back. Byleth and Min Min is yet another character that is undeserving of the mantle of being an iconic Smash Bros. fighter, and is only there to market and promote another Nintendo franchise. Yeah, like, but <clears throat> I'm not like defending this, but like Min Min does seem like a, a poor choice. Like, was. Was ARMS successful? Not really. Did ARMS, like, did ARMS, like, hit a lot of different fans, like, a special way? I feel like it didn't. No, yeah. Because it would have hurt. Not even, like, a cult classic. So what was the point of adding that character into the game? Like, just because you put her in Smash does not mean that ARMS is going to become, like, a great game all of a sudden. Like, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, I want to go play that game because it's Smash. It's like, oh, this is a great, this is a Smash character. Cool. Like I don't play like I don't play Martha Roy because I like playing Roy a lot, and I'm not like, oh man, I should definitely go play like the Fire Emblem series. Right. I don't do that. I'm sure. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sure there have been people throughout history who who have, but you have to wonder is then is it moving the needle enough to to make that decision? You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's what I was kind of getting. Because at. like, like what... I played Fire Emblem Awakening because of Lucina in smash four i had never even played a fire emblem game before i knew it existed because of martha and roy but when lucina came out i was like oh wow she's really fun to play what's she from if 
Fire Emblem Awakening, and then I played it, and now it's one of my top ten games of all time. So it definitely it does happen, but I don't think it happened with Arms because we all yeah, knew no. that that was not the game to play. Yeah, exactly. I guess that's what I was kind of getting at. Yeah, that's true. All right, what's our next character, Joe? Next we have Steve and Alex from Minecraft, and this is I egregious. I can understand why they did it i don't agree with it but i can understand why they put them in there now i will give them credit it's a very unique game you know uh fighting mechanic like how the character is played so maybe that is more important for them out of dlc no like because you know that's why no no but it, but even in a lot of fighting games, at least, DLC characters usually do something else additional to the base roster uh, that makes them stand out. So, like, you look, Joker had his persona that he would, you know, charge up or whatever. Hero has the RNG nonsense. Uh, Terry has the over 100%, you know, power buff or whatever. Uh, Byleth has four different weapon types. Min Min has the crazy range on her arms. Minecraft Steve, like, they have the boxes in building and stuff like that. So, gameplay-wise, it was a unique character to create. But there is no way on God's green earth that people would say Minecraft Steve, which when you play Minecraft, it's POV. You don't even care who Steve is. You're, it's you, is a is an iconic gaming character. And that's where I get frustrated. Well, I think they did it. I think they mainly did it because they wanted to appeal more to like the younger crowd again. Mm-hmm. Because... How many kids are playing Minecraft right now? Like Roblox, Minecraft, like all this stuff. It's all kind of all connected to all kind of connected to that. And if you put in a character from those games that kids are going to like be interested in, like they're they're going to be pumped about it and they're going to buy it. Like I'm sure they sold like people who didn't have the season pass. I'm sure out of all of those characters, let's be let's be honest, like steve and alex are probably one of the most high purchased characters sora will be the most high purchased character now but like i'm pretty sure steve and alex might have been like the most purchased character yeah on that roster that's a fair point i just think like we're again we're getting it's a yet another character that really doesn't have the iconic smash like moniker that they deserve you know yeah. what i mean uh, then next is Sephiroth, who's an iconic video game villain. Obviously, Cloud's counterpart there, so he's kind of the Bowser to Mario in that sense. This was a pretty crazy trailer. You remember he like kills Mario in the trailer? Yeah, he, I remember that. He like stabs a good old our good old Mario boy. Right. So like Sephiroth came in like letting people know he wasn't messing around. He was ready to mess people up. Um, he's here to kill. Yes. So I think this one. This was probably one. That was probably like very well regarded from most people as like like iconic character check like cool move set check you know what I mean like deserving to be in Smash like there was this one I feel like was a home run. I feel like people were also like very excited to be able to play as Sephiroth because of how iconic he is. I don't think you get to play with him right. in a lot of games, so they're probably like, oh, this is pretty cool. Um, then we got the we got another like. What is this? That's uh, Pyra and Mithra from Xenoblade Chronicles Xenoblade. 2. So yet another... This one's a little different because Pyra and Mithra were very heavily requested characters because Xenoblade 2 was a very popular game. Um, but I feel like most people wanted Rex, who's the actual main character. Or the, I should say the character you play as in, in Xenoblade 2. 
Uh, and it yeah. just turned out that Pyra and Mithra made more sense because they're a lot they're a lot prettier than Rex is. So uh, you get more you get more sales that way. Uh, and it also let them have the again a unique DLC mechanic the the form changing versions between Pyra and Mithra. So it, like it gave them a better gameplay um, loop than uh, not loop I should say but. A, option uh, yeah like a, a yeah, game, game design option than rex would have been in theory so i'm not going to kill them for pyro and mithra even though it is another like marketing a nintendo a new nintendo character to go play their game instead of adding an iconic video game character but yeah but wasn't that what's the other character's name was his name rex no rex. What was it yeah rex is the main yeah. the main character yeah but you could have gone because when was rex added was he new to this to the he, Smash yeah, series. He, Rex was with Pyro and Mithra. He used like Pyro and Mithra like blades kind of like they're like a Oh no no no, no I meant I meant to Smash. Like he was he this is his first Smash game, correct? Yeah, he came out after Smash 4 existed, but before Smash Ultimate. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's so, what I, I guess I was uh, getting at. So he yeah. this was his debut. Right. So he's a spirit or whatever, Rex. You know what I mean? He's like a little yeah. little side thing compared to Pyro and Mithra. Gotcha. Okay. Then you had the penultimate DLC character in Kazuya from Tekken. And I was like, oh boy, here's another one. I, you know, I'm not going to kill people because Tekken is a very popular franchise. But like, are you telling me people were really clamoring for Kazuya as a character? Like another fighting game? Like we want to complain about Fire Emblem characters, but like we have Ryu, Ken, Terry, and Kazuya now. And I know they play somewhat differently, but like... They're effectively accomplishing the same role as all the Fire Emblem Sword characters are are accomplishing, but people don't want to complain about that. Yeah, like, it's, I don't know. I feel like fighter game characters in Smash are kind of silly because they're already in a fighting game (laughs) to begin with. Like, their, their genre is fighting, so why are they also in another brawler? But this is my opinion. I don't really want fighters in my fighting game. In my, pla- like, I don't want fighters in my platform fighting games. You know. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want like. I want characters that aren't usually like already fighting each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. Like, and- Angel and Kazooie are not fighting. Well, they're not fighting like they're friends in the sense of like what's going on in their games. They're more like trying to. To swart the swart, uh, what's the word? Swart the the evil that's in their in their world. Where in Tekken and Street Fighter, it's more like, oh, we're in a fighting competition. We need to do this, this, and this. So it's like, okay, we're already here in a fighting competition. Right. They, the the fighting characters definitely feel like jarring the first time you play them because it's like. It's like, whoa, Ryu can't move like this in Street Fighter. There's, there's limitations, you know? Like, you can't just... You don't get double jumps in, in, in Street Fighter like this. You do in Smash, so... Yeah. And you don't get to, like, what is it? Do, like, the, the high jumps that they you do in Smash to help save yourself mm-hmm. in Street Fighter. So it's like a whole new, like, oh, what is this type situation? And then, but, yeah. last but certainly not least is Sora, who we don't have to go over again because we already talked about it. So if you look through the DLC list, there's two fighter packs, uh, 12 characters total. 
I'm going to, uh, so let's say 11, not counting per, per round of playing. I'm going to say, like, what hit for me as we look back at this retrospective three years later, I'll say Joker, Banjo, Sephiroth, Sora. Like, I don't even know. Maybe Terry. Like, so I'll say, like, maybe five of the characters really hit for me. But that's like not saying that's like that's not a positive thing. Yeah. Like I think for me it's it's gotta be like Piranha Plant and Banjo Kazooie. Like I don't really play a lot of the other characters. I don't think I even own I think I only own the first season the first like battle pass. Yeah. And I don't really play Joker. I'm not saying he's a bad character, I just don't play him, but I mainly just play Banjo Kazooie and Piranha Plant. Okay. So that's my take on that. Well, Sora comes out on October 18th, Joe. So I hope you are ready to get your butt kicked. You say this every time and then you get owned and then you get upset about it. What are you talking about? It's never happened before. Okay, let me just go get Duck Hunt real quick. No, don't. <laughs> you keep You keep Duck Hunt away from me. Okay. Duck Hunt's gonna clap them cheeks, Mister Brown. And then if I would say, "Oh, I'm new to Sora," you know that that I, I have a I have a built-in excuse. Let's go. I'm gonna still clap your cheeks. All right, so let's move on. Let's let's quickly run through the Tokyo Game Show, Joe, because we don't really need to talk too much about it because there were only a couple things that really stood out to us here. So yeah, what, I say I feel like the majority of the Tokyo Game Show had to do with Final Fantasy. Right. But... So what do you want to start with? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. You're the Final Fantasy boy. Start us off with one of the good Final Fantasy games that we saw. Okay, so we actually saw more footage from... I'm trying to get the title right. Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origins. And so if you remember back at E3, he was trying to kill Chaos, and he said Chaos like every four seconds, and it was like a big meme that like people thought the game looked dumb, and it was like bad writing and stuff. So this time around, we got a new story, um... Or not just a new trailer with new, you know, uh, dialogue and actually show the characters in different outfits and things. So he's not just wearing like a blank t-shirt like how he was in the first trailer. So it shows that there's customization and stuff. Uh, So I think, I still think the story is something I'm really not going to be too invested in. But the gameplay does look pretty strong. It does look pretty fun. Yeah, it looks good from what I saw, and like you were, you were kind of like, "Ooh, who's that?" Like to a few enemies, you're like, "That looks cool." Like when we were watching it, so yeah, it seems like it's gonna be a a time to have for people who are into those games. Um, in addition, like to learning what's going on in the series and the universe and all this other stuff, like it'll be fun for people. And then they also showed another game. Uh, their what, what game was it? Uh, they were showing their Battle Royale, right? Yep, the First Soldier. The First Soldier, which seemed pretty interesting, but also, from what we saw, it didn't really seem... <laughs> to me, it didn't really seem like a Battle Royale. To me, it kind of seemed like a very League of Legends-like game, where it's like, you got these different classes, you got these different abilities, you got these different, like things and like there's also it looked like there was mini bosses that you could fight like a dragon and like yeah and uh, other people separate... are hitting them together too you know what i mean yeah so, so it yeah we kind of have to wait and see more on it because i did see some people were able to play a demo of it and they said it was fun 
but it definitely is not a Fortnite clone that people thought it was going to be at like at first glance. Uh, apparently, there's also story significance to the game because they show they show a younger Hojo who's like one of the main bad guys in FF7, who's like the doctor that does a whole bunch of experimental stuff with you know Cloud and Soldier and all the people. Oh wow! So like they show him like killing off one of the other. Um, lab you know science science researchers and so it looks like there might be some story significance that will of course be connected to the ff7 universe as a whole but the future ff7 remake games that'll be coming out as well but i do i am actually excited to try to play it whenever if there's ever an open beta or something because it kind of it kind of looks fun since it's not it's not just a Fortnite clone you know yeah that it's <clears throat> Fortnite does have its it's its reputation now cut like as a good art sorry fortnite does have a good reputation for having a good play method god play method i'm sorry it's been a week everybody it's been a week uh having good gameplay um like look it's still around right how long ago did it come out like like four years ago or something four five years ago at this point um and it's still like holding strong they still have all these seasons it beat out some of its better competitors like PUBG. if you remember PUBG, remember we were we would have arguments of which one's better and mm-hmm. i would always say well fortnite copied PUBG." obviously doesn't matter anymore because they're still going and PUBG's kind of trying to hold on but i don't know it looked the game looks cool in the sense of like if you're really into uh final fantasy it would definitely be something to check out for yourself yeah and i think it's probably a sm- it's probably a smart decision like i'm just thinking about it now joe it probably is a smart decision for square to make this game not just a sweaty shooter like yeah, it's a battle royale but like they know that their jrpg audience might not necessarily be the same ones that are playing fortnite and pubg and apex yeah. so it, it probably makes sense that they're throwing in these different classes and abilities and and like bosses and stuff to appeal to their their jrpg audience who is likely going to be the ones that will play this game yeah definitely like it definitely is going to be interesting to see what it's going to be but like i would have been it would have been interesting if they didn't even have guns in the game and it was all just like the classes uh, the classes like monk and like uh, what was it ninja and scout and soldier yeah like it would have been cool to just like see those instead of having guns with it um i hope that is an actual duck hunt skin as well i found a duck hunt skin that has the um has yeah the characters dressed up like goofy and donald so that like sora has his companions in the game but i don't think it's gonna be a no, real it's thing not. it's not gonna happen unfortunately i do love it though um, and then there are like areas and environments within the first soldier that are like, like as someone who just, you know, played FF seven remake, like, Oh wow. They're passing air. They're passing Aerith's house and they're passing, uh, this Shinra facility that I remember and different things like, so this is definitely, it's like a side game, but it's a, I, I'm sure just like how every kingdom hearts side game is very integral to the, to the plot of the video. Yeah. games. like, I'm sure there's going to be important things in this game for, for FF7 remake. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, and then um, the, the only other one we had, Joe, was the uh, 
Forspoken. Forspoken, right? Forspoken, yes. That game, me and Joe Brown both thought, I think at the beginning, we thought it looked odd when we saw it back. Uh, when did we originally see it? The PlayStation Showcase last month. The PlayStation Showcase. We, we didn't see a lot about it. We just saw kind of like some images from it, and they kind of briefly discussed it. Um, but when we watched it this time, uh, it looked really cool. It looked very, very like an interesting game. It had these really like cool powers. The story seems pretty interesting. Like you have a you have a talking bracelet, as I want to call it. Um, and what what is the what is the genre of ty- like or like type oh, of the, story? An isekai. It's like a it's like isekai. an anime story where you get transported to another world. Like from the real world. Yeah. It's a very common so she, genre right now. She's like a girl who lives in New York City. And the reason we know she lives in New York City because it shows the Holland Tunnel, like clear as day in the trailer. She's got a really cool cat. Um and yeah, I don't really understand why she got brought to that place, but I guess we can when it comes out we're gonna play it and find out. Um but yeah, it seemed like a really interesting game. And then I think other than that, nothing really picked me and Joe's like caught our eye significantly. It was a bunch well, of stuff. One that caught us in a bad way, Joe, where we were going to be excited for it. Remember? Let me find it. The um, Oh you yes. So I thought so Square Square Enix made an RPG game called Dungeon Encounters, which uh, they're just absolutely crushing it with the name game over at Square. They just keep Project Triangle Strategy, Octopath oh, Traveler, I Dungeon I Encounters. I was like, they're, excuse me? They're just the worst. Why do I give it? Why do I love this company so much? So Dungeon Encounters. I'm like, oh, maybe Joe would like this game. So we put we pop on the trailer and it's just like the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was like, um, I don't, I'm trying to describe it. It was just like your character crawls along this board and it needs to meet a certain number of like steps or move like yeah, each like tile per tile. per tile is like a step and it, needs, it tells you how many steps it is until the, until the thing. And when you get to the thing, it could be a trap. It could be a battle. It could be a new character. It could be this. And it looks like you're mainly just supposed to be going through the dungeon as it is. Like it's a map of a dungeon. And you're supposed to be exploring it and trying to find your way through it. Which I think if like for hardcore people who are really into those types of like games, like I believe those used to be like board games and stuff like that and like role playing games. But like I I feel like it doesn't really work here in the video game setting because you have these these very cool looking three dimensional characters walking along the board. But when you get into a battle, it's it looks like still very yeah, still JPEGs. Very, I would say, very, very old uh, Final Fantasy esque battle style, where it's like one team's on one side, the other team's on the other side. It's a two dimensional pe- image of like you, your team, and their team, and it's like your te- your character's image, and then his stats, and then your team's image and their stats next to it, and that no movement, no real animation whatsoever. But it w- it was it was something to see. <laughs> but it wasn't it didn't blow us away we we joe brown was like oh i think you're gonna like this and i watched we watched it and i went um and joe goes well that's not what i thought it was yeah. moving on <laughs> yeah that's my that's my bad i let the i let my good faith in square enix you know lead me down the wrong path there you go 
They've done that a few times recently, I feel like, for you. They sure have, Joe. They sure have. And I think that was pretty much all we really yeah. found interesting at the Tokyo... Um, what is it called again? Tokyo Game Show. Tokyo Game Show. So no... Uh, just to cap it off before we get to our last game uh, that Joe's going to talk about. No Final Fantasy sixteen, which people were surprised no. about. And no, F- no FF7 Remake Part 2, which I think people were crazy if they thought they were going to get anything on that. Because that game is still very, very far out. What happens if they gave us an announcement next year? I would 2023. Believe. 2023 release. I would believe that, yeah. If they say sometime next year that's 2023, I'd believe it. Okay. Alright. Anything else you want to add before we move on, Joseph? No, I'm happy I didn't... I was actually, because of Final Fantasy 16, I was debating, like, like staying up and stuff for some of the... for Especially for Square's press conference, and I guess I'm happy that... I didn't stay up then because they didn't have it. So, Good move. Good move on your part. Um, okay, so the last game we're going to be talking about is something that I discovered on Twitter the other day. Um, and I think we're, I think this, uh, this developer is really leaning into all of the Thomas the Tank Engine mods that are in a bunch of different games where this game is called, uh, I believe it's called Choo Choo Charlie, where Charles. you... Choo Choo Charles, sorry. Um, Choo Choo Charles, where it is a spider monster train that is tr- that is trying to kill you while you are also trying to kill it with the use of your train. So you are, for what it looks like, you are a human and you are trying to fight a spider-like train that is chasing after you and you also have a train that you use that has a mounted machine gun on it that you use to fight Charles. So... It is, a, it is an open world game that you are to explore and upgrade your train and talk to people within the world to help you get more information about Charles and to help you defeat Charles. So you go around this world finding upgrades, finding scrap metal, upgrading the train to be faster, upgrading the train to be stronger. Um, and your main thing is to, to destroy Charles. And you can either like go out as the, the end of the trailer shows you go and like all out <clears throat> trying to call them out, trying to be in there and get them. And it looks like you can be stealthy and you can just be like balls to the wall. Crazy. We're tooting your horn, shooting your gun, getting his attention. So he chases after you. So you can, you could try to do some damage onto the boy. Um, but the game comes out in 2022 and it looks like a real, real fun time. Yeah. At first I was definitely like, I'm out. Like, when Joe started showing the, the trailer, I was like, nope, scary game. Char- uh, Choo Choo Charles looks terrifying, and Joe knows I don't play I don't play scary games, so I'm out. I'm just going to gonna sit here through the trailer with him as we watch it. And then I saw the actual gameplay that they showed off. Like, they show the map and how you're following a track, and you can divert the train tracks to, like, try to go on different paths to try to get away from him. And you upgrade your train, your... Um, your train gun. base and gun and like get more defense to it or like get like spiky things to to help you out and stuff. So at first I was like, I'm out. And I was like, oh, I'm kind of in. This looks like a really interesting game. I'm going to play with the lights on, obviously. And Joe has to be there because I need someone to hold me virtually while we play through this. But like 
just if it was just a scary game, like at first, oh, it's just like a meme. It's just the tar. It's just the Thomas the Tank Engine. You know, ah, I get it. But I was like, oh, they like you can tell the developer actually cares more about this than like the joke that it looked like at at the start. Like it looks like this. The developer is like, no, this is a really interesting like gameplay mechanic that we have. Yeah, like Choo Choo Charles looks terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> It is, it is terrifying. You're apparently on an island, and you have an older train that you upgrade over time, it seems like. And uh, you use it to fight an evil sentient train that terrorizes your home. That's, that is the description that it has. <laughs> and then it ends with Charles is, Charles is hungry. Don't be his next meal. Dang. <laughs> Dang, Charles. Crazy. <laughs> I wonder what the lore is going to be in this world. Like, are the only human left? Like, what happened to the other train drivers out there? They get attacked by Charles. Like, well, the other thing is you, you talk to somebody. You, like, you, I, I think you like walk up to like what is it? What is his name? Uh, Dirty Countryman is the yeah, character that you yeah. talk to, but he's also like draw very. He's like drawn very poorly. Like he's kind of just like a sketch. It looks like do you he's remember almost, here? He's almost dreamlike. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like he's not. I don't know how to explain it. Like it'd be like it's, someone. It's a, it'd be like someone you'd see in your dreams without a face, and you wouldn't realize it because you're in a dream. Yeah. How unsettling it would be. It's also very. It's very weird against the contrast where it's like everything behind him looks realistic except for him. Right. Like his home, and and there's like light reflections coming out of the window. There's a chair and a table next to him, but like. Those all look like with the 3D modeling and the lighting and the lighting settings and all that good stuff. But then there's just him who's just like a two dimensional drawing without a face. And it's just an interesting con. It's just an interesting design concept. And I'm here for it. I'm all about it. Yeah. So I'm in Joe. This is the first time I've showed Joe Brown a scary game and he's in. But you have to hold me. I will hold you virtually. Thank you. I will hold you virtually. All right. So that is um, Choo Choo Charles coming out next year. Next year. No firm date yet, but I'm sure we'll see more of it because it looks like it's definitely going to be a game to look out for. I've already seen it on Twitter like four times over the past five days. So, <laughs> Well, Joe, I think I think we've covered it. Sora's and Smash. All is right with the world. I have Metroid in my hands right now. Oh, I'm sorry. Joe, just sorry to cut you off. Um, <clears throat> uh, everybody, thanks for joining us. We got to get Joe Brown out of here so we can start playing that game before he falls asleep because he hasn't been sleeping very well. Um, I've been your host, Joe Perry, and joined by my best friend, Joseph Brown. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Cup of Joe's. Uh, Joe, get out of here.